they have great identity, their national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted your force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what you do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Do this? No. No. I got to say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this on the, uh, We kicking this thing off. Here we go. Live from the Palace in Piedmont. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. And good morning, everyone. Thank you very much, TJ. Hour 2, T-Row in the Morning Show, Friday, August 11. The countdown continues today. We're now just 22 days away from the kickoff of a Sooner football season. And today we will be three-fifths of the way through the countdown. The end of week three today, we're knocking on the door of the top ten. We're unveiling team number 11. But let's remind folks, Drake, of whence we have come so far. you got a lot of fight songs to hit here, Draker. You ready to roll? you got that iced coffee pumping through your veins? That's right, baby. Giddy up. It's a little earlier than normal, so I want to make sure you're sharp-brained. Let's do it. 25. The Red Raiders came in at 25. Texas Tech thinks they've got a team that could contend, could contend for the Big 12 title this year. 24. Shane Beamer in South Carolina came in at 24. Spencer Rattler's Gamecocks will take on the Tar Heels right out of the chute. Speaking of, 23. UNC came in at 23. So you got Drake May and Spencer Rattler in the season opener there in Charlotte. 22. Texas A&M. Hoping for a bounce-back season. Andrew Monaco joined us on the show to talk about the Jimbo Fisher-Bobby Petrino romance. 21. Woo Pig Suey at 21. Can K.J. Jefferson and the Razorbacks cause some problems in the SEC West this year? 20. Mark Stoops and his Wildcats of Kentucky were our 20th-ranked team. Tom Leach joined us to talk more Kentucky football. 19. What will Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels be like this year? Well, we know they got a star running back in Quinshawn Judkins. We will see him next year down in Oxford. 18. Made some Longhorn fans unhappy with Texas at 18. Is Quinn yours the real deal? We'll find out that this year. 17. 
TCU national runners-up a year ago came in at 17. New quarterback this year, Chandler Scoop Morris under center for them. 16, the electric Michael Penix Jr. quarterbacks the Washington Huskies. They were our 16th-ranked team at 15. The Purple Power continued our third straight team that wears that shade, K-State at 15. Will Howard is back. They are the defending Big 12 champs, 14 this week. Well, we skipped right over Oregon at 14. Notre Dame was at 13, led by (laughs) Sam Hartman now, the Wake Forest transfer. And then yesterday at 12, they say it might be James Franklin's best team in Happy Valley. Penn State came in at number 12, which brings us to today. The number 11 ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... Good morning. Uh, Good to see everybody. Where's that Sooner magic now, baby? Where's that Sooner magic now? The Oklahoma Sooners come in at number 11 on our preseason countdown. I'm a believer, Drake. Hey, now I'm a believer. Uh, Higher than most, higher than most. But listen. If you think back to a year ago, put your thinking caps on, folks. There was one host on this seat on this station that was pumping the brakes. All right, there was one host on this station that was saying, uh, "It's year one. It might not all fit perfectly. Maybe we should, you know, throw some realistic expectations out there." So before you call me a homer, let's remember one year ago. Oh, I definitely am a homer. But remember one year ago, I was saying, uh, this year, I'm a believer. I think the turnaround comes quick in year two for Brent Venables. Um, You know the team, but just for the sake of going through the formalities, Dylan Gabriel back at quarterback, the depth there significantly better than a year ago with Jackson Arnold. If Gabriel doesn't start hot, it could get uncomfortable because Sooner Nation desperately wants to see what their five-star McDonald's All-American National Player of the Year is about. Hopefully Gabriel starts well, and this can be a training year for Jackson Arnold. Not that he won't have a part to play. I think he will. But the hope is Gabriel who is knocking on the door of one of the top ten passers in college football history, can have a great year. Arnold learns at his hip and is ready to take over the team in year one of the SEC next season. I think their running game is absolutely loaded. I am very excited about Oklahoma at running back this year. I think probably Javante Barnes is the guy and Gavin Sodchuk, but man, We are hearing a whole lot about Caleb Hicks right now in preseason camp. Not to mention Marcus Major is still there. Uh, Dalen Smothers, another highly thought of running back. Even Tawi Walker. They are deep and loaded and talented at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, at running back. Wide receiver, there is a big question mark as to who will take Marvin Mims' place. I don't know the answer to that, but I do think they have candidates. I do think the job will be done. Is it Anthony, Andrell Anthony? Is it 
Jalil Farouk. A lot of buzz about the freshman Jaquez Petaway. Are Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson set to step up in their sophomore season? What about Brennan Thompson, the Texas transfer? What about Stoops and Freeman? We hear nothing but praise for those two guys. Plenty of options there. I think they will be fine, maybe really good in the passing game. I am of the belief you don't have to have a star at wide receiver. If you've got one, great. But sometimes it's even better for the defense to not know where the ball's going. If you've got balanced talent across the board, it can be equally as effective. Offensive line, they replace both tackles. I think they're going to be okay there. Time will tell. Walter Rouse is getting a ton of praise. The Stanford transfer on one side. Tyler Guyton the same. The former TCU transfer on the other. Will Savion Bird lock down that other guard position? I think probably so. Uh, We shall see. The real story, though, for Oklahoma, why I think they're going to turn six and seven around and be potentially one of the top ten teams in the country this year is the defensive side of the ball. I think last year was an outlier, an anomaly for Brent Venables. And I think in year two of the system, we will see significant improvement. Uh Guys who have played it now for a year, who thoroughly understand it, combined with some very well-placed transfer portal pickups and a couple of freshman guys who we think can contribute right away. The defensive line is shaping up nicely. Uh, Dejon Terry from Tennessee. Jonah Laulu moves into the tackle spot. Co Kelly. Excuse me, Grayson Halton, Gilliam, uh, Sears. I think the defensive tackle position is talented and deep. Going to have to have a playmaker emerge on the edge. Bothroyd, Rondell Bothroyd from Wake Forest, impressed in the spring. I think he'll be a factor in the fall as well. Grimes is back. Downs is back. R. Mason Thomas, the... uh, It was a freshman a year ago and made some plays. Can he become a difference maker this year? What about the five-star true freshman? How quickly can he get himself some playing time? Trace Ford from Oklahoma State. Again, depth there, but like at wide receiver, a couple of somebodies need to emerge. Linebacker Stutzman led the league in tackles a year ago. I think he'll be even better. Is it going to be Canick or McKenzie or Connor Near that he lines up against uh, or next to? I don't know. Justin Harrington, if you believe Teddy Lehman, and I have no reason never not to, if you believe Teddy Lehman, he is going to have an all-Big 12, perhaps all-American type season at the cheetah position. He's got the size. He's got the skill level. It seems like it's clicking between the ears for him. Desan McCullough there as well, a very exciting potential backup or starter if it doesn't click for Harrington. And this, I believe, is the best the OU secondary has been in a long time. Stacked at safety, Billy Bowman, uh, Key Lawrence, they bring in Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech, Peyton Bowen, the five-star true freshman. 
And Woody Washington will lock down one corner. Who wins the other? I think the Gentry Williams is the favorite. Uh, we're hearing a lot, though, about Josiah Wagner. And they have a ton of other options there as well. I think Oklahoma's biggest positive, though, this year might be their schedule. It is very favorable. Arkansas State, SMU at Tulsa. That's the non-con. They should be 3-0 and with really not much of a test. Then they Big 12 play go at Cincy, Iowa State, Texas. We'll get back to that. UCF at Kansas at OSU, West Virginia at BYU, TCU. The challenges, obviously Texas kicked them pretty good last year. At Kansas might not be a layup now. Kansas has things cooking. I think OU is significantly better than OSU this year, but the game is in Stillwater. You can't take it for granted. It's a rivalry game. Trip out to BYU could be fun, could be tricky. TCU and Norman at the end of the year. But OU will be favored in all those games, as of right now anyway, with the possible exception, with the probable exception of the Texas game. However, though, if Texas has a couple of losses by then, maybe not. Drake, I think it is a disappointment this year for Oklahoma if they don't win double-digit games. I think it is a 10-2 and season. The schedule, I believe in the turnaround on defense. I think Gabriel's going to be much better in year two, and he was pretty good last year. I think the rushing attack, not just the running backs, but the rushing attack, will be which led the Big 12 a season ago, will be even better this year. I think the schedule lines out nicely for them. It was year two for Bob Stoops. I think it'll be year two that we see significant turnaround for Brent Venables. I'm a believer. OU at 11 for me. Too high, too low, or just right? I'm going to say, so there's several caveats to this. Preseason, it's a little bit too high. But by the end of the season, I think it'll be too low. I think that this is a team, like you said, for all the reasons that you listed off. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is definitely, to me, going to have a better year. Just in the realm, you kind of alluded to it, of Jeff Levy's going to feel a lot more comfortable with quarterback running game knowing Jackson Arnold is behind him. Good point. Then, and Teddy's talked about this a lot, than what we had at backup last year. We saw exactly how dire the backup position was for OU at the quarterback position. So I think that that is a definite positive for the offense going into the season. I think that the interior line will be better than it was last year. Everybody's raving about Savion Bird. Um, this is the final year for Andrew Rame, so you kind of hope that the light clicks on for him at the center position. Defensively, you talked about the huge influx of talent, both through this 2023 signing class and the portal class. Uh, lots of people talking about uh, Dejon Terry, the transfer out of Tennessee at nose tackle as well. Um, there's a ton of guys on the defensive line that you've had that have just been a huge influx of talent. And that, I think, is going to be the biggest difference for OU this season is that final set of 10 games in 2022, a pass rush. Now, we know all the penalty disparities that there were as far as opposing offenses not being able not not having any 
holding penalties called against them at all, basically, the final 10 games. I don't think that you're going to have the same trouble with the pass rush that you had last year in the Big 12 that I uh, looking in this 2023 season. I think that because of all the names that you listed, you've got guys like Danny Stutzman and Justin Harrington that it sounds like they are just light years ahead of where they were in 2022. And it is, you're hoping that this is a Kenneth Murray jump year from that sophomore year to that junior year of, okay, he's starting to figure it out to, okay, this guy is a All-American type of player, a first-round draft pick type of player all of a sudden. That's what you need defensively from this team. I think that you're going to see big strides on the defensive line, on the linebacker level, on the secondary level. I think that this is going to be more of a vintage Brent Venables defense that OU fans knew to expect whenever he was defensive coordinator here. You got to give them credit too. They've done great in recruiting, but they killed yes. it. I think time will tell. Yeah, they killed it on in the paper. They killed it in this year. Role. Yes, absolutely. Um, not castoffs, not guys that weren't getting playing time. Yeah, guys that were starters in some cases, stars for their team, and they decided to come play at Oklahoma. I'm talking about Andrea Anthony at Michigan, Brendan Thompson at Texas, Walter Rouse at Stanford. Austin Stogner coming back from South Carolina. Rondell Bothroyd at Wake. Dejon Terry at Tennessee. Trace Ford, Oklahoma State. Desan McCullough, Big Ten freshman of the Desan year. Desan McCullough might have been the most coveted defensive player in the portal this last Reggie cycle. Pearson at Texas Tech. Uh, all of these guys expected to start or contribute heavily and very good players. So, outstanding job. Teddy Lehman, former Butkus Award winner. Host of The Rush will join us at 8.05 this morning to talk more about our 11th-ranked team, the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Good morning, Ted. Hang on a second. You have the Sooners ranked 11? Oh, yes. What a homer. Too high, too low, or just right, Ted? I, I have no idea, but um, that that's that's a bit of a separation from the rest of the pack where they've got uh, Oklahoma ranked, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm higher on them than most are. Yeah. Uh, opposite of last year, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty high on the guys this year. And I think you're fairly high. I've listened to your show a little bit. In the afternoons, I like the show a lot. Where do you think Oklahoma is better this year than last? They're going to have to be better, Ted. They were six and seven last year. They're going to have to be a whole lot better, right? So, where do you think they are or have a chance to be better this year? Well, I think defensively they're going to be better. Um, part of that is our. our really like some of the guys and some of the depth that they have. The other part is they've set the bar so incredibly low a year ago that it's going to be hard not to be better. But I I think in the secondary, man, they're deep. They're athletic. Um, they've got some good experience. Uh, you know, at, at the corner position, they are scrappy. Um, D-line, like the interior defensive line, is, I mean, they, they, they're 
potentially going to have a, a five or six man rotation that is is pretty daggum solid. And then we know at the edge they've got all kinds of guys. They've got you know transfers and young five stars and you know experienced returning starters. They've got a great mix of players there. We'll see you know kind of who emerges there as a starter. I think it may just be a big rotation with all those guys throughout the year, which is not a problem at, at defensive end. So backers, uh, Stutzman's coming back. He's picked up where he left off last year and. You know, they got a battle going on at Mike, but, you know, all in all, I like all of it. We'll just see if it all comes together and they can pull it off on Saturday. You have a uh, strong opinion on Justin Harrington and yeah. the season you feel like he could have at Cheetah this year. Yes. He is uh, He's he's an exceptional talent physically, physically gifted. He's 6'3", you know, 215 pounds, plus pounds. He's a he's a four three runner. He's got a forty plus inch vertical, and you know he he had a knee injury whenever he first came to OU, um, and then you know he as soon as Venables came, he had entered the transfer portal and then asked Venables if he could come back and kind of missed half a spring, but you know worked his way, did everything that coach asked of him, was a was a backup player for him last year, but you know he's playing that cheetah spot. And he's like if you could, if you could, I lay it out perfectly. He's he's the perfect match for the cheetah spot because he's played corner. All right, the last last group had him playing corner, where you work on the man to man skills. You're you're covering wide receivers. You you get a good understanding of zone concepts and what's going on on the back end. He's played safety, um, so he understands the rotations, understands what's going on back there on the on the deep end and all the different coverages that they play. And and now he's getting the last piece of it, which is the linebacker part of it, which is, you know, probably what you use the least there as far as being in the box and the run fit stuff. It does happen, but he's played all of the positions individually that the cheetah ends up being, you know, like a medley of. So I, I think when you combine that raw athleticism, he's got a motor like no one else on the team. And and just the the positions that he's played, it all lines up really good. And when I've been out to practice, he's flashed and looks really really good. We hear a lot both both from the coaches and the fans about this being year two for Brent, and that everything is going to click better in year two. Frankly, that's kind of what I'm relying on with this ranking a little bit. You've been through this with Brent Venables. Can you think back to that time and remember the difference in your brain and your playing ability between year one and year two? Yeah, well, uh, I was also a freshman in year one, which kind of compounds things. But and, and I talked about this with Stutzman before. You know, your the stages you go through is. You know, whenever you're young and you were just learning a, a system, you're just trying to be in the right place and not ruin everything for everybody. And then, like, the next stage is uh, you're, there's a little bit of confidence in where you're lining up, but you're still just focused on you and where you line up and what your job is and, like, what's going to happen on this play to you. And then the next 
evolution is how is the offense going to attack me? Like out down in distance, predicting what's going to be coming at you. And I think a lot of those guys are going to be more into the, I already know where I'm going to be. I understand the defense. Now I could focus on how are they going to try and attack me? Like what's important here? What, what's going on in the game? What's the down and distance? What, what happened last drive whenever we had something similar and whenever you can start focusing on some of those things, you, you're not just kind of, you're not like whenever you don't know, you're never in the flow of the game. You're just worried about trying to do your job and it doesn't, you know, it never really works out right. You know, you can sometimes make it through without looking stupid, but that's about all you're doing. And I feel like most of the guys out there are past that and they're playing football. And to me, that's what you combine that with all of the rotations and, and some of the depth that we have. It, it, you feel like there's going to be a pretty big step. When we have broadcasters on from other schools, I like to ask them, uh, what is their biggest concern about their team this year? How would you answer that for Oklahoma? That's a good question. Um, I think I, I, the first thing I would I would start with concern is just by football IQ or football um, savvy. Last year we had none, and maybe it's because of what I was talking about. Whenever you're just learning the system, everyone's just kind of focused on themselves. You don't, you can't see the bigger picture. And, you know, we were terrible in some game management stuff as, you know, the clock, uh, capitalizing on opportunities when you, you know, you're down in the red zone and you're able to score. We had touchdowns called back. We missed on wide open plays, you know, defensively we're, we're misaligned and we're missing tackles because of it. I just, like, if if we don't get better at, like, the game management aspect of things, like, sometimes it's not going to matter. Right? If you can't take advantage of those opportunities when you have them. Like, to me, that's really – because, like, we were what we were last year. But, like, the difference between, you know, winning six games and winning eight or nine games last year wasn't really a talent issue. It was a game management issue type of thing. And if we don't get any better at that, then it's going to hold us back several wins again. You know, you never know where they're going to come and and what game that might be, but uh, you've got to be good in those situations because I guarantee they're going to happen where there's going to be tight games and the team that's able to execute is going to win. Like, that's one of the things that they've got to prove is that they can execute in critical moments. I'm going to give you a, uh, a list of transfer portal guys here. And I want you to tell me the one or two you think will make the biggest impact immediately day one. Okay. Game one, Andrew Anthony, Brendan Thompson, Walter Rouse, Austin Stogner, Rondell Bothroyd, Dejon Terry, Trace Ford, Dasan McCullough, Reggie Pearson, Connor Near. There are a lot of really good transfer portal guys they have brought in. Who's the one or two that you have seen or that you believe are going to jump out and immediately be big-time playmakers? Well, Walter Rouse is going to be your starting left tackle. That's a pretty big position. Yeah. So he's going to have a huge impact right away. Um, I say Stogner. Because if it ain't Stogner, it ain't no one right now. 
Uh, tight end depth is a real issue for us right now. So Stogner being healthy and being out there on the field is, is going to be huge. Um, I think just from what I've seen, I think Bothroyd is our most consistent edge player. We've got guys that have a much higher ceiling than him. They're not quite ready yet, um, but he does everything well. He stops the run well, he's good with his hands, gets to the quarterback. He'll have a big impact. And I think Reggie Pearson has a chance to be the starting safety opposite uh, Bowman. So, I mean, just right off the top of my head, I, I, I don't know. Is that all the guys that you mentioned pretty much? <laughs> you, no, you named four. But, Terry, like, all I mean, of them yeah. could. Anthony Thompson definitely could be big impacts at, at wide out. Uh, Terry up front. Yeah. yeah Trace I, Ford. Our um, our interior defensive line has a chance to be pretty dang good now. Whenever they've got uh, Dejon Terry and Jonah Luulu, who moved in from the edge, 6'6", he's over 300 pounds now, has really long arms. He could be a problem for some of those interior guys, and he's really he got really strong over the off season. He's got some real good push. Like they could be a problem now. I'm I'm optimistic on that group. I'm I'm curious to see how it looks once you know camp continues, move on, and we get out there into some live action in the fall. Because sometimes it can be difficult to tell, but I I think those guys could end up being pretty good. Okay, similar question about uh, I picked out a half dozen freshmen here. I think the the guys that are most likely. But the question is when we get to the end of the season, which of these guys will have made the biggest impact, okay, by the end of the season? Jacques Petaway, Caden Green, uh Peyton Bowen, Josiah Wagner, Adipoju, Adibaware, Jackson Arnold. Um, I think Josiah Wagner right off has a chance to be a starting corner. Wow. And if he doesn't start, he's definitely going to be a heavy rotation player at corner. Um, I think Peyton Bowen is, he is definitely going to be in the mix right out of the gate. He may start in some of their sub packages. Like if they go dime and have six DBs out there, I imagine he'll start in that package, and he'll probably rotate in in the others, at least early on, and who knows what he works himself into. He'll be a contributor. I think, you know, it's a small sample size, and it's early in training camp, but Caleb Hicks right now looks the best, look like, looks like the best running back to me. My small bad. I size. left him out. Yep. Good job by you. Yep, Caleb Hicks. Uh, but, again, small sample size, but he looks incredible. Um, Caden Green, you know, he's battling right now. He, I, re, I really like what he, he's, he's done through the spring and early training camp. I mean, he may factor in at one of the guard spots, possibly. He can play tackle. I mean, the versatility that he has already as a true freshman is pretty impressive. He's done a good job. But he's one of those guys where it's almost if he's playing, like maybe that's a bad thing that something's happened. Right. right, I think uh, he's going to be really, really good. I just, you know, I, I'm worried that if it's he's playing, it's because something else has happened. But he's gonna he's gonna factor in at some point. 
Um, and Jackson Arnold, you know, it's almost the same thing with him. I, he's got a, a tremendous amount of upside. He's still making some some freshman mistakes out there, and, and but you see some things that he does in practice that are incredible. I'm curious to see. I think he'll play a lot in the non-conference because of, you know, hopefully being able to, to get up big and have a chance to put him in. I'm I'm curious to see if Levy builds some type of package for him to make him a part of the office, uh, offense right away. And I think that they probably will. And if that's the case, who knows what happens. But I do think that he'll – if they do that, he'll be a factor and he'll be really good at whatever they use. So that's – it's kind of hard on him. You don't know right? – you kind of hope, like, if he doesn't play, that means Dylan Gabriel's had a really good year, and I think there's a, a pretty good chance of that. He looks sharp. P.J. with too far to go and too many guys in front of him to be a, to make a big impression this year? Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to be in this, in this, like, the, the starting rotation out there with the, you know, in the, in the fire right away. Um, I think he's going to be getting reps when the game is maybe in, in hand, maybe a, a few reps here and there throughout a game and situationally. But he's such a freak athletically. Right? He's, he's going to be making strides throughout the season. It's not, you know, you go through training camp and then the season starts. Like the improvement doesn't start right, uh, stop right there. It continues. So, I think he's going to continue to grow into a role, and it, it's not going to take much for him to all of a sudden start to be a big factor out there. I mean, he's he's incredibly gifted. You can see it whenever you're out there at practice. He just he, he looks different than everyone else. You know, he's got super long arms, but he's he's not, well, you don't look at him to say he's skinny, but you know he he's just he's a different looking dude. He'll he's gonna he's gonna be a huge factor. And he's going to end up being a first-round draft pick. We'll just see how he progresses through this season. It's not all that important. Would we like for him to go out and look like Miles Garrett this year? Yes, but that's not going to happen. It's going to take a little bit of time. Teddy and Tyler have the best afternoon show in the market. It's not even close. You can hear them three to six right here on the ref, the rush. And then three weeks from tomorrow, we will be in the booth together again as the Sooners host Arkansas State. Ted, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All right, gentlemen. See ya. Teddy Lehman, Oklahoma at number 11. We'll be back.